9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody in Montreal and on the internet. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Go Plug Yourself, one of Montreal's top-rated podcasts. Um, if you enjoy Go Plug Yourself or generally the content that we put out on 9to5.cc, please, please, please tell your friends about it. It's super cool and nice when we see people telling their friends about their shows that we work so hard to produce and if you're feeling extra generous maybe drop a couple of bucks in our patreon page on patreon.com slash nine to five cc and uh also be sure to follow walter on all of his social media and find out when he's going to be performing next walter's been performing at a bunch of shows you should check him out too and in the meantime enjoy the episode with this amazing guest Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, it's Walter and Keith talking on the internet. So this is kind of exciting, listeners, because this is our first time that we have a real politician on. I realize that we've gone through, I've gone through the, 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 the catalog of Go Plug Yourself episodes, and we've had two fake politicians, okay. or people who I would consider to be fake politicians, because we had Tyler Lemko when he was running for mayor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you know Tyler He's Lemko. a real no. person. Well, He's a real person, but okay. is he a real politician? No. <laughs> exactly. It was a bit He's of a... He's a sweet guy, though. If you've <laughs> yeah, ever talked to him, lovely he's awesome. guy. <laughs> he just got uh, bounced out of the... Uh, the word the, fight. The word fight. Correct. Yeah, exactly. He lost to Vivid. I think he threw the fight because he was afraid of me, but we'll get into that later. Okay. <laughs> mm. And we also had, I was actually telling Robert, um, we had Christopher Lloyd on, and I don't know if you remember that story. Uh, <sighs> that name rings a bell. <laughs> so Christopher Lloyd is a, um, I guess, a, a, a performance artist of Kay. sorts who started off by joining all political parties as an official okay, card-carrying member. Okay. That, was his, that was his first entryway, just to see where yep. it goes. He was like, I'm going to pay membership fees and join all political parties, <laughs> originally just to kind of see like what the newsletters were like. like he, right. was, he was like, I don't really have a, like, a goal <laughs> as a, um, <laughs> like f- here, but he's like, I wonder what, is information different when yeah. you're a party member? So Interesting. He, he, he started off and paid his membership dues and joined all parties. Okay. And then uh, the conservative party was actively looking for someone to run against Justin Trudeau in the Papineau riding, right? Which is basically just like, it's, it's, a, it's a throwaway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, you're, like, you're like, you're not, you have no chance, but yeah. like n- none of the, like, I guess, like... You ping a stone off of the fortress wall, right? Right, yeah. exactly, that's it. So, like, none of the actual candidates right. were, were chomping at the bit to run against Trudeau. <laughs> and it was because it was just like a snowball's chance in hell kind of deal. So they threw him in there. So he was like, and then he like looked in, he's like, what is involved in running? Right. And it was like, well, you need to be a member and you need to have the endorsement of X number of other members. So he's like, okay, so I'm going to start going to meetings, nice. kind of like just putting my face out there and then being like, I'll run in Papineau. And then people had seen him at enough meetings that he, he got the... He got the signatures and then ended up being the actual <laughs> conservative <laughs> candidate in Papineau. in Papineau against Justin Trudeau. Like, there's like <laughs> he has pictures of himself with Stephen Harper and stuff at That's the time. That's hilarious. It is hilarious. But then the the, the CBC like broke the story. Right, yes, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then like, and apparently it was so funny. He mentioned this. He mentions this on the podcast. He was like, when when the reporter got in touch with him, he was like, 
but could you maybe break the story after the election? Like, think about how funny it would be. <laughs> and like the journalist was like, yeah. CBC has no sense of humor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I was like, Look at them reporting the news. Yeah, I was yeah. like, that's yeah. not yeah. how news works. Yeah. <laughs> we do need to report that you're basically a sham. Like, just <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. Did, did we ever find out what his actual belief was? Did what? We, like, what, where did he fall on the political spectrum as yeah, a person? Yeah, did he have any affinity with the conservatives no, at all? No, oh, yeah. no, none whatsoever. I mean, I, I so don't... So he ran, like, pro-choice yeah, and, like... exactly, that's it. ...no <laughs> tax cuts <laughs> against Trudeau. Yeah, yeah he, didn't, he didn't seem very, honestly, like, that enamored with any of the parties. Like, I right. think it was... The whole thing was kind of like I think an an, an anti-establishment yeah. movement overall. Like right, I don't think right, he right. was he wasn't like in there being like haha I'm a NDP infiltrator. He was just like <laughs> no he was coming at it from a completely other other place. But yeah he was interesting guy to talk to. Yeah no so doubt. So yeah we've we've occasionally grazed politics okay. on the show. But uh, now we're diving in baby. Now Here we diving, go head first right in. Uh, with I was going to say a real politician, <laughs> uh, Robert Green. Um, predestined to be a representative of the Green Party. Exactly. The named. Absolutely. Absolutely. Did they name the party after you? Um, or did they name you after the party? No, <laughs> it was actually neither, but it was, uh, <laughs> it was a question of destiny, absolutely. And, I, and I'm just glad that my family name didn't happen to be Tory, like the mayor of Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're not, only, you're not even the only Green. There's another Green. E- exactly. Daniel Green, who's the, the deputy leader of the Green Party, is running in Outremont. And That's actually, right. we're, the two of us are going to be on The World at 6 and CBC, uh, on CBC tomorrow night uh, talking about our last names. Oh. Green and Green. Green yep. and Green. And p- t- probably the party so it'll be triple green. yes exactly it'll be green and green talking green that's right <laughs> we, we, we <laughs> you are know definitely you, you know that's what the ticker is going to say right? yeah, yeah. yeah 100%. <laughs> we are doing our part to help the party out with its branding that's there for sure that's <laughs> so i guess i mean do you think that like like this is like a half joke question yeah but like if your last name is green do you think that that makes you like at least like predisposed to environmentalism like if you're like you're like you grow up with like green in your identity. Well, <laughs> I it, it's hard to say because I you know ultimately for me my my path towards environmentalism mm-hmm. like goes back to David Suzuki visiting my high school when I was a kid That's awesome. and giving the analogy of the boiling frog. Do you know about that one? I might. So <laughs> if you if you put a frog into water okay. and slowly turn the heat up, mm-hmm. the frog won't sense the change in the temperature and right. will actually boil to death without jumping out of the water. Right. But if you put the frog into hot water, it'll feel the, the temperature and jump right out. Right. Right. And Suzuki basically said, we are the frog in the slow boil. Mm-hmm. And the problem is we're not reacting. Right. Uh, and so that was way back in the 1980s. And, and that really, I still remember coming out of that, that lecture at my high school. Yeah. And there was a bunch of us, you know, my friends that are normally like blah, 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 blah. And we were all just sort of sitting there speechless after, yeah. mm-hmm. after having heard that. So. so that, I mean, I guess that, that's part of the first question. So when you talk about that, like with about climate change, so you were environmentalist first, I guess, or, or did you, I or were you like... Because so, I think that that's something that a lot of people struggle with, right? yeah. like especially when you look at something like climate change, yeah. where you're like, you can read all about it, and then you're yeah. like, and then what do I do? Like, I mean, our, our mutual friend, John, uh, yeah. kind of had that reaction. Like, he was, he was posting, like, oh, this, this, and this, and this, and we're like, I'm like, not to, I don't want to throw him under the bus or yeah, whatever, yeah. but I'm just sort of like, do oh. it. 
do it. Do no, it. but I'm just sort of like, okay, but I'm like sharing these articles with your friends, like, is one thing. Yep. And I'm like, if it's really like, because he would talk about I'm bothered by the fact that I'm not doing anything. Yeah. You know, and he was bothered by the fact that he was just sharing articles. Yep. You know, like he's like, what else did we do? And I was like, politics, you know, like. Well, that, <laughs> that actually, I, I have a very similar story. I mean, mm. it's more related to my job as a teacher, though, because mm. so, uh, you know, I teach a, a course uh, uh, in secondary five called the contemporary world. So okay. it's sort of an, an introduction to politics. And so for the last 10 years, I've been sort of, I've been teaching about both the politics and science of the, the climate emergency. Right. And every year I do that, it gets harder to do uh, because the science becomes more and more terrifying. Right. And, you know, in the last couple of years, I've actually found myself like losing sleep before I have to teach that unit <laughs> because I'm staying up at night going like, how, how am I going to communicate this to a group of teenagers that the world they're inheriting is not going to be safe for them without sort of destroying their hope for the future? And, you know, I, I'd start to get questions like just, well, last year I had a 16-year-old girl put up her hand and say, you know, sir, I don't want to have children. Because yeah. the, the world is not going to be safe. And, you know, that, you know, looking at a group of teenagers who are going to be living the consequences yeah. of this really, I think, took it to another level for me and made me start thinking, I have to start doing more than just teach about it. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, people have told me that I have some skills as a communicator okay. and that, right. that I should be putting those skills to work. And so that's essentially why I've decided to throw my hat in uh, with the Green Party is because, um, yeah, I, I think we are in a time that is historically unprecedented mm -hmm. and it, it calls on all of us to, you know, to be thinking about making per personal sacrifices. I mean, you know, as a history teacher, when I think about the sacrifices previous generations made, yeah. you know, the last time we faced an existential threat, you know, what I'm doing right now is is really nothing. I mean, yeah. I'm tired as hell. Let me let me just say that. <laughs> and and like, right. and it's it's been a very intense experience. But um, but I I feel great about it. And every day I go home, I feel very fulfilled because I feel that I'm actually doing something to deal with that emergency. And, you know, it, it, I suffer from climate anxiety myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, this has been one of the best things uh, for it, has been uh, getting involved in the political process and, and pushing for change. What was it like with the, like the original, you're talking about David Suzuki showing up at yeah. your school in the 80s. Yeah. And there's so much pushback today yeah. on the environment. What was it like when the initial conversation was starting to brew back in like, the time? They're like, it's the 80s. It's and the yeah, 80s. We yeah. have time. Like, <laughs> yeah, what yeah. was they? Well, you know, initially it was very much seen as sort of a, a fringe movement that yeah. was full of hippies. Wow, okay. <laughs> right? And I have to admit, I was one of them uh, wow. in, in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I, I have very little hair on my head now, <laughs> but right. back in grade 10, I was a hair farmer. I can see it. Yeah. yeah. I can see uh, it. So... Um, <laughs> So, yeah, it was seen as both a fringe thing, but then very quickly, like, once it became kind of an issue that the media was talking about, it very qu quickly became an issue of sort of what are you going to do as an individual to deal with the problem? Right. Yeah. So, you know, how are you going to buy organic veggies? Are you going to, like... Use paper bring straws. Your, yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> bring your reusable cup when you go right. get your coffee. 
And, you know, I think we're now at a stage where we can see that that approach has failed. Okay. Uh, I think we tried for sort of two decades the let's point fingers at individuals approach. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And, you know, the reality is that, you know, as much as, as, much as you point fingers, um, not everybody's going to care. You know, I mean, you know, as serious as the science is, uh, not everyone's going to care. And so that's why we are now in a period where I think we have to start talking about uh, collective solutions. Yeah. Because even if people don't care about the, cl the science of the whole situation, right. they do care about the, their, their pocketbook and, yeah. the, and the bottom line. And so if we can start as a, having, electing governments that will change the incentives in our economy such that we are incentivized to go towards you know, making purchases that are not you know, jeopardizing our collective future. Yeah. Um, that's how things are going to change. And, and yeah, that, that individual approach, I think, was very much almost even a product of neoliberalism that was right. sort of saying that, you know, it's, it's all down to the in individual and forget about the state helping you or anything like that. Yeah, so. yeah I mean, like, I remember there, there was some, like, hypothetical report or whatever that I was reading that was talking about that, like, if every household in North America went zero waste it would have like a minimal impact because it, it doesn't offset the waste of the corporations yeah, yeah, at, all. at all. Well, you know, uh, like exactly. But they're still yelling at us about at Subway about take this straw, take that straw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. And my question is, is that the way we reach as a society the people who deny climate change or don't believe the science? Does it have to be the impact in the wallet? Does it have to be the impact on the household, the impact on the tax return? Yes. Okay. I, I think if they're not going to act otherwise, that we, and we, we've seen that. They aren't going to act otherwise. So, yeah. yes, we, we do have to incentivize them. Mm -hmm. um, and then they will, you know, make the right decisions. And, and you know, it also means changing the incentives for corporations right. as well. Because well that, yeah, I mean, I, the, the whole point is they were like, if you want to affect climate change, you need to be able to present a, or present or at least like develop a business model yeah. where Exxon continues making as much money as they're making today without fossil fuel. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that like, I don't know the answer to that, but I'm just not. like, no. but it's just like, you can't just say we're going to pull the plug on fossil fuel because Exxon's going to be like, well, we employ hundreds of thousands of employees yeah. or all this. But if you can build up a business, say like a, a clean energy business yeah. that is just as profitable for Exxon, yep. well, then they're going to see dollars and cents and they're going to say, okay, we're going to we're going to move to this new business model. Yep. But, you and know, like you can't just put them out of business. It was yep. the same thing putting up cell towers, though. Yeah. Because originally the cost was so enormous and people could, how are we ever going to make money putting yep. up all these cell towers and getting yep. signal? And it was unfathomable because it was a new technology. Yeah. So yeah. is is that the way we lead the conversation, though? Is that the way? Well, how do we make I mean, it accessible you know, to these people? Like, the whole thing, people... When they when they talk about transitioning off of fossil fuels, they're like, "Oh my God, all the jobs that are going to be lost!" Yeah. But there are only actually sixty thousand jobs in the oil patch, yeah. and and already today, uh, the green technology and renewable energy industries are are creating far more jobs than that, yeah. and they're projecting that in the coming years, it's it, it's going to like. You know, uh, there's going to be a multiplier effect in terms of how many more jobs are, sure. are created. That's so. it. But it's the entire industry needs to shift, right? Because I mean, like, yeah, there's 60,000 oil jobs, yeah. but then you tie into automotives, yeah. and you tie into gas stations. Yeah. So it's like there is, there needs to be a strategy. 
You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah, like well, because, you know, the oil industry has known. I mean, there's there's been leaked documents from Shell and Exxon yeah. showing that way back in the 70s, they had climate models that showed that this was going to happen, yeah. right? And, and they've done it anyways. And so... You know, we we definitely need to, to change the way those corporations operate. Yeah. And if they're not willing to change, well, we got to let them die and give birth to some new industries. Yeah. So. For sure. I mean, like, like I said, I, I think that's, like, I mean, like I said, obviously, if you're going to keep Exxon or whatever, or you're going to have new yeah. industries. But I think that's kind of the bottom line. And that, that's where I think a lot of people get, get tripped up on. Like, there's, there's kind of like this idea of, I mean, like, obviously, we've seen it with the climate change yeah. marches and so on and so forth that I don't think everyone's like, oh, we want to see this change. And I'm just like, maybe I'm in the minority, but I'm like, right. I just want to see a plan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I was like, I'm good with the change maybe being over a, a long time period, but yep. I, w- I would like to see a, a 10, 15, 20-year plan that we're like, okay, we're not going to shut down the oil industry tomorrow. Right. You know, but... In 20 well, years, we will be oil-free. You know what I mean? Or whatever it, the timeline that makes well, sense. You know, like. But that, okay, that, the, the last thing that you said there, yeah. the timeline that makes sense. Yeah. And that is the timeline that has been given by the scientists in the United Nations. Right, exactly. And, and this is what's so scary about our situation, is that we don't have 20 years to make these changes. Yeah. They've, the, the IPCC, the Intergovernmental Panel on, on Climate Change, yeah. has said very clearly, we have 11 years, a yeah. window of 11 years, and if we don't uh, transition off of fossil fuels in that time, yeah. we are looking potentially at the collapse of civilization. Yeah. So, you know, this is, this is like an existential threat like has never been faced by humanity yeah. before. I mean, you know, this really makes the rise of Nazism look like nothing. It's, uh, and that's not to downplay how serious the rise of Nazism yeah. was, but it, it wasn't about the entire you know, human species uh, going extinct. Yeah, it's, <laughs> so, it's so crazy because you're like, you know, you're like, oh, we're at war. Like, there's a draft and you have no choice. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? But I'm like, we don't have that draft mechanism to be like well save the environment and (laughs) and the question is why not like why are we (laughs) not treating this like like the emergency that it is and that's that's the problem i mean and we're seeing it from the mainstream parties but we're also seeing it from the mainstream media i mean every time the mainstream media is talking about climate change they descend into this game of like tactical framing where it's like well, is this doable? Can you really get this done? How will this work? And what they don't ask, the the question that they never ask is, is this the right solution to the problem? Yeah. Because if you you frame, like tactical framing, and there's actually a lot of research on this, Mm. um, the effect of tactical framing is it breeds hopelessness, cynicism, and causes people to withdraw from the political uh, process. Yeah, yeah, for sure. However, if you are if talking you make it to look people, insurmountable, people are going to be like, "Well, well, exactly, it's insurmountable. Yep. I'll just enjoy the time I I'm going to yep. drink for the next eleven <laughs> years." There we it go. That's it. Itself. Wait, yeah. hang on. That was my plan. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers to that! Yay! Here we go. There we go. There you go. <laughs> But, you know, Regardless, if, I mean, if like, you listen, tell people... Green Party could win in a sweep. Win or lose. I'm still drinking. Win all right, all right. Win don't or lose. We, <laughs> we have no plan to take away your beer. Okay, there all we right. go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> have I got your vote now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, so th- I guess one of the other things that I wanted to ask about is you mentioned you're a little bit of a hippie in 2010, yeah. yep. and now here you are uh, running for an environmental party. Yeah. Did you... I feel that there's, maybe not in your case, 
But there's that, that thing that happens when you're in high school and college. Did you do like the protesting and did you do any of the involvement? Oh, like, like absolutely. Activism? I was, like, yeah, I was um, actually, I was the, the president of the Concordia Student Union for two years. Okay. Uh, during, which, during which time uh, we organized a student strike and yeah. stopped a fee increase. And, uh, um, you know, we founded, well, I don't, I don't want to say we, the student union, founded, but we provided the critical support mm-hmm. for the People's Potato Collective to oh. get off the ground, which Very is a free cool. vegan yeah. lunch program. Awesome. That's, uh, my, yeah. my, one of my old roommate. I think it still runs to this day. It, right? yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and we did a whole number of other uh, campaigns. Mm-hmm. We sent, uh, I think my student union alone was responsible for sending 100 busloads of activists uh, to the big protests that happened in the Quebec City around the free trade area of the Americas. Oh, wow. Was that the the G? It, uh, no, this was this was before the G seven. Okay. So this was it was basically um, a free trade ag- agreement that was sort of modeled on NAFTA okay. that was giving enormous power to corporations, and they wanted to extend. It was like extending NAFTA down to Argentina. Okay. And and yeah, and NAFTA has this part in it that allows corporations to sue governments for lost profits if they, for example, decide to. Uh, bring in environmental legislation that right. might affect their profits. Right. So, um, so yeah, that was a you know a big a big issue. Uh, I guess back in the early two thousands, mm. it was part of, I guess, w- what was being called at the time the anti globalization movement. Right. Yeah. And then kind of morphed into being called the alter globalization movement because it's like we're not against globalization; it's just a a certain type of capitalist globalization yeah. that we're against. Yeah. So. Yeah. Because that, because that's it. In the early two thousands, that's where like. I won't lie. I've never, I've never been uh, a protester. Like, okay. It's, it's never. You should I, go sometime. I it don't, is so much fun. I don't know why. He doesn't like crowds. It's oh, a really? whole I thing. I don't even mind crowds. <laughs> so wait, no, but, you weren't in, you weren't in the climate march last I, week. I was not. You could have met Greta. I was, I was <laughs> tracking it. I was. You could have got her on to go plug yourself. There you go. I was, and this is this is the worst. So listeners from the Green Party, I apologize. I was drinking on a terrasse. It's on brand. In yeah. On okay, that thing I said about not taking away your beer. I don't know if I'm still. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to the minor, most minor form of like slacktivism in the world, uh, the brewery that I was at uh, was planting a tree for every pint. Okay. So okay. They, good. they had well, a partnership with one tree. There you uh, go. Yeah. Right. But so you would have drank anyway. So how many right. trees did you plant? My <laughs> wife and I dra- planted a lot of trees. <laughs> okay, a lot of trees. And it was, uh, <laughs> so many trees you can't remember. How many <laughs> yes, trees? Exactly. It was at Four Origins uh, Brewery, with, though, which was right uh, on the bridge over Wellington. Okay. But it was good people there too. They're super nice good people. Super oh nice God. people. But it was nice. And again, like I said, this is the most slacktivist thing in the world because right. I'm, I'm planting trees with my beer. Um, <laughs> because of the overwhelming number of people that showed up. A lot of people were avoiding public transportation and were just simply right. walking home. So yeah. there was like a steady stream of people and their signs coming over the bridge. Nice. So I did get a, a very... You felt a little part I of it. I felt a little sample. <laughs> I was like, this is really nice. I'm more like watching on social media. I, again, I'm the worst. <laughs> but yeah, no, I've never... Um, I absolutely value it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm like, people should go. And if, if anybody wants to protest, I would not be ever stop them. Yep. But... I, I don't know. I've never had that. It's never had that urge. Like, I mean, like, again, talking about John. John, I think when we were in Sage Up together, he went up to the G7. Okay, yeah, got, yep. got tear gassed. And right, a bunch yeah, of my yep. friends were come, came back and they had red eyes and sore throats and all that yep. stuff. And I was like, cool, good job, everybody. <laughs> like, I, just, I, just, like I, I don't know what it is, but I, 
I don't know. I'll research these things, and I, I have a hard time. I I think I don't want to dismiss it at all because it, it yeah. effectuates a great amount of change, yeah. and it's the best way to show, I think, visibly yeah. that we're demanding a change. But then a lot of, I guess, and it might just be because I'm disenfranchised, I'm like, well, until something really changes up top. Right. And I, like I said, and I see that. Ah, plan. but I don't know if that's. I, the, the, I got I a question your logic right. there. I got a question your logic right. there, because okay, I, I, I got I to I yeah. put on my history teacher hat here. Oh, oh shit. all right, all right, because uh, I was having here we fun go, right here up we until go. now. <laughs> Damn it! Because now, were you at the climate change march? Uh, I mean, I had to work. Uh, <laughs> you know, the point is that it's supposed to be a climate strike, right? Even if you work, you're not supposed to go. That's <laughs> oh, I thought it was well just said. a march. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a strike. It's a climate oh. strike. Uh, I, I just, I, I e-transferred you some money to buy me beers, so we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, what I was going to say is that, like, there has been no positive change in society almost ever that has not been the product of social movements. For sure. Right. And, and, and it's, hilari so it's hilarious that I am that disenfranchised yeah. because I, don't, I think that that's almost like um, exemplified the most within Quebec. Yeah. Like, like in, within North America, I yeah. feel that like Quebec as a province has effectuated sometimes for better or for worse. Yep. <laughs> like depending on, that's what, true. on, on yep. what side of where we're going. But it's like like cultural movements within Quebec have effectuated political change Absolutely. numerous times yep. Yep. Like based around like language laws Absolutely. Based forcing referendums yep. right. which yep. like yep. Uh, also student loans and, yep. and student prices and stuff well, like that. Yeah, there's a reason why we have the lowest tuition in Canada exactly, here, right? Exactly, that's it. It's like we, <laughs> I mean, we've seen effective change at the hands of protests a number of times in yep. our like just 30, 40 year history. Yeah, so exactly. like, like I said, I, I definitely can understand <laughs> that, that it is not the correct approach. But, and, and also I've always thought that it's like, like when people, like a lot of people at work and whatever were like, oh, what's the big deal about this climate change march and all that? Right. And I was like, the point is, I was like, if you show up in the numbers that they showed up in, yeah. I was like, all of a sudden, you look like a voter base. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Where you're like, you have, if you have, a, if you are, not to diminish but the smaller Every protests. Canadian election, the amount of people who haven't voted far exceed the amount of people that have voted. Yeah. That, yeah. In a, by a staggering amount. Yeah. Well, I read this interesting statistic where they were like, um, so I guess if you want to, like, if, if it is the Hail Mary Pass and we're going to have a, a, a green government in October, right. it was that environmentally Canadians have the most important vote on the planet. Yep. Where it's like uh, right. a Canadian vote equals more square footage of planet earth than any other vote in the world yep. right and, right and we are amongst the world's worst uh emitters of carbon per capita as well yeah so. in, right. in large in large part because of that yeah <laughs> where you're just sort of like ah, oh, we're only like 35 million it's mm -hmm. like we don't need to be that that stringent because we're so spread out and yep. you're like yeah but we're still terrible <laughs> uh, but yeah so it's like the canadian vote covers the most square footage of the planet altogether, and then also it's the the most powerful vote of any of the G8 countries. Yeah, for sure. Where it was just sort of like you can elect a world leader uh, with only like 7 million votes. Yeah. Right? Yep. Like 7 million votes is enough to get you a majority government. Yes. Or, you know, in yep. Canada. Yeah, exactly. Due to the writing system. Yeah. Yep. So you're like, it would, it would take 7 million people if, That's there is, it. if there's the green sweep to put an environmentalist 
like around the table at a G8 convention. Yep. And it's interesting that you bring that up because Elizabeth May actually talked about election reform at the yep. English leaders' debate. Absolutely, yeah. And she's the only leader that spoke about it. Yep. No one challenged her. She, she mentioned that first past the post no longer was representative Canadians. It's not. Yep. And it's, it's the it, worst. And, and it was, a, and it it, was it, an election it, issue for the Liberals. And they were like, phew, now but they did, but the, liber- the Liberals, but that was the Liberals four years ago yeah. and they backed off it. I know, because... Yeah. And, but no one kind of asked her for an elec- explanation or to elaborate on what program did she see taking over or what part would be more reflective of the Canadian people? Yeah, well, she wants to lead a, like, a massive public consultation. So that's, right. that's the idea there. We don't want to like come in and say, this is the best electoral system and we want to go with that. Okay. Do you mean a um, bunch of sketchy, vague uh, questions on a, on, a well, con- on a website that don't really talk about the issue, but no, then you're like, we no, did no, a consultation. No, she, no, 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 no. She wants I, to know, I know I'm joking, but that's yeah. what happened for the Liberals. A, that the idea is Keith, a, a Keith follows a lot of Italian right, politics, right. so this is what happened. No, I, I just I remember because uh, just on the topic of electoral reform, I'm like, regardless of where you land politically, yep. I'm like, I always look at the conservative, uh, the conservative majority. Yeah, where thirty five percent of the vote. Yeah, right. exactly. you have thirty five percent of the population, <laughs> populist vote, and then you end up with a majority government. And I was like. To me, I'm like, we're g- like, I'm like, if you're like, even if you're a conservative, right. and you're like, we won. You're like, yeah, but that's messed up, right? No, but the liberals yeah. are like, we had more people who didn't vote for you, and they're 35% like, we had the most. of the vote <laughs> gets you more than 50% of the seats, which gets you 100% of the power. Yeah. Right, yeah. exactly <laughs> right. So I'm just sort of like, I'm like, just like, regardless of your political affiliation, yeah. I feel if you look at that system, you're like, that's not right. You know, like, like it, it would be like if you're watching like a sport and like one team outscores. Like the other team, like four to one, but yeah. you're like, oh, but because of like X, no, it's Y, a Z, super goal, don't X, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> because of these <laughs> recounts for four, their one goal was you worth didn't, five. You didn't yeah. read the rules. You know, and you're, oh like, you're like, that's not how hockey works. It, yeah. it is our electoral. It's a it's a relic of our colonial past. Yeah, like exactly. it really needs to be done away with. <laughs> yeah, especially like it's it's fine. In a two-party system, but that's not what we have. Well, it, no, it creates the two-party system. Yeah, well, Anywhere it, it you have first past it. the post, is you'll see a two-party system emerge. Everywhere. Exactly, right. that's yeah. it. Because people I mean, have the anxiety of, I have to vote to block. You that's know, it. In my, I'm, I'm, I live in Saint Laurent, Cartierville. Yep. Which was Stefan's Dion writing. Sorry, I can't speak English now. Yeah. It's this side. Lawrence Corber. Do you know? Francophone. <laughs> Rip. It's uh, it was Stefan Dion's writing for forever, forever, and the liberals have not lost it forever forever and a lot of it comes from the anxiety of people yep. being like the block or the conservative well, I mean, people who are going to be doing things, it was right? voter anxiety that gave the liberals a majority government Absolutely. for sure because Absolutely. they were like there were like the the there there was the 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 orange wave under Jack Layton yep. which sadly created a left well, sadly dissipated but also created a left wing voter split that the yep. conservatives could capitalize because yep. there wasn't a right vote right wing voter split yeah so it was like despite the tremendous amount of votes and seats that did go to the NDP, it also created, if you look in uh, Toronto, a lot of ridings yeah, where you're like, true. where you had 30%, like, like 30, 30, 30, but right. it was like 32 conservatives, yep. so right, they get right. the riding, yeah. you know? So it was like uh, 60% of the voter base voted a left-wing party. Yeah. How did the right-wing party get? And you're like, ha Because they had the most votes, the or they had the most percentage. Yeah, yeah right? exactly, that's it. So it, it, it becomes a weird counter-argument, because they, they say, we got the highest percentage of vote, even though the majority voted for us not to get into power. Right, yeah. Yeah. So I think exactly. that's the, that's the that's basis a, of yeah, absolutely. the argument for... Yeah, yeah. You know, and, I mean, and especially, and I think that the arguments against are, like, weaker and weaker, because, like, I think, like, like one of the, the notions 
that you that I think is like gets like thrown around by like old stuffy people is mm. like, why are all the left? If some Nazi party gets two percent of the vote, do they get a seat? And you're like, sure. And guess what? You can do with the seat. Not much. Yeah, exactly. You have a one. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you have one crazy person sitting there in yeah. the house being like, I'm a Nazi, and yeah. you're like, it's not great. We're not super proud of it, right. but that's democracy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Absolutely. Like, you're like, what's like? Cause various uh, countries that have have put in representational yep. voting have seen those weird fringe parties pop up. Yep. But it's not. Like the it hasn't, fun- it hasn't it fundamentally has changed their politics. Yeah, it hasn't, right. it hasn't it's ruined it's democracy. Yeah, but then they get they get swept up into a coalition and they end up becoming a two party system or a three party system because then you have these mega coalitions of like twelve parties but who need to exa- manage except that they're coalitions, the right? right? So like the the individual voices need to be in there. So right. you know, in some of the European countries, they they actually have like animal rights parties, right? And they'll yeah, like exactly, they'll yeah. run like in one area and get one one person elected yeah. in there, and then they'll usually work with the Greens and. You know right, that sort yeah. of thing, but you know I think it's. I mean, it's, I've it's not illegitimate. To yeah. Let's have one voice in there that's speaking up for the animals. Right. Why not? <laughs> <You know? laughs> I've, and I've always thought that, like, when people are talking about, like, oh, these coalition governments, and then nobody's happy. But I was like, I don't think that's true yeah. because when a coalition government comes to an agreement, you're absolutely not making one group of people 100 percent happy. But no. there's usually there's conditions to the coalition. Like, I will support your bill X. For these maybe environmental right. yep. like caveats for or whatever, sure. so they get built into the bill. Yep. You know, so I was like, is that the worst thing? So it's like no. maybe you know, like and and people see themselves reflected in government, and that then engages them in the political process. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at what's been happening with voter turnout in Canada, right? right. It's yeah, just yeah. been going down and down and down, and yeah. uh, you know. The young people are, are tuning out of politics. And, like, can you blame them when it seems to be always a horse race between two corporate parties, the liberals and the conservatives? So, yeah. you I'm just getting a drink order. Are you Cider, good? Cider, please. Yeah. Cider, are you good? I'm all good, yeah. All right, cool. I'll be back. Keep Ca- Carry on. Oh, right. okay. Carry on. Keith yeah. is abandoning the podcast. They got another beer for the environment. <laughs> but you talked about, you know, talking about different voices and adding in and yep. things. When you, when you feel so strongly about the environment and you find yourself going to the Green Party, do you have people within the Green Party who might not align on the other parts of it? So you all agree on the government, but other people might not see eye to eye on, you know, a- aboriginal things or, you know, economics or different things like that. Is that a discrepancy within the not, party? Not so much, actually. Okay. Like, we, are, we have a very, like, robust sort of plan for for social justice and uh and and reconciliation with indigenous people Mm -hmm. and so i think you know people in the green party are are very much committed to to those paths and see them as interlinked Mm -hmm. so just to give you an example of, of what i'm talking about i mean you know, reconciliation with Indigenous people is super important and valuable in and of itself. Like, we need to, to move beyond our colonial relationships with uh, with Indigenous people right. and build a new new relationship. But there's also a side benefit. If we... In, if we actually uh, respect the treaties and and allow indigenous people like relate with them on a nation to nation relationship where they are controlling their own territories right that actually helps us achieve our environmental goals and there was actually a study done uh, just last year showing that um, 
those parts of the world where indigenous people are exercising real political power mm-hmm. also happen to be the parts of the world that are richest in biodiversity. Okay. And and you know and just to say that is the other ecological crisis we're in. I mean, it's not just about climate change. They're we're, they're referring to the period we're living in as the sixth mass extinction, okay. and they're talking about if we don't change the way we're doing things, up to a million extinctions by the end of this century. Right. right? So that like that whole issue of biodiversity biodiversity is also critical to our collective survival and you know moving towards reconciliation with indigenous people will both you know help us move beyond this colonial relationship but will also like help us achieve other goals as a country that are are valuable and in the public interest that's awesome yeah and obviously it's something that it's near and dear to your heart and i think you know in terms of the party lines I, i find the green party always so interesting because they always at least from my point of view, and I don't know how it is internally, but they always tried to kind of keep account of the big boys. And when you see them, and when I say the big boys, not yep. to diminish the party or diminish what no, you guys are no, doing, no. but I'm talking about historically the, 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 you know, the parties that have been forming governments or yep. forming oppositions and making shadow cabinets. And you guys have kind of, especially in debates, wanted to kind of push the conversation to what's not being done instead yep. of repeating on the promises. That's it. We, we, I think we've, we've played the role up until now of, of kind of the conscience of this nation, right? Like Elizabeth May has been there, right. you know, in the trenches for the longest time and for many years alone. Like we've just got our second uh, Green candidate elected in the, the February by-election. Yeah. Right. Uh, but, you know, she, she has such a long record of... of you know, standing up against the powerful and yeah. and sp- and speaking up uh, on behalf of you know regular people and the environment. So and that feels good for the hippie part of you, just to stand up to fight the power. <laughs> uh, you know it does. Of course it does. That's right. Yeah. Gonna, you're going to make me grow my hair again. I'm not going to do that. You're, you're a, you have a, a stunning head right now. I think there's no need to change it. That's right. When you, when you sat down, you mentioned just offhand that you were tired and you had such a busy day. Yeah. Talking about debates and yep. f- uh, you said going out and meeting people yep. and then you said a live debate and, and then you did something taped and now yes. you're doing our podcast yes. and you did two hours of seeing yes. people. How do you, can you walk us through a day like that? What does it take? What does it entail? What's the I'm really, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I think the, mo- the thing, sorry, I think the thing I'm no, most... No, it's fine, I'm Keith. No, be that way. <laughs> the thing that I'm most interested in is is canvassing. Like I, right. I, I feel that it's double doubly interested because... Um, I I grew up as a Jehovah's Witness, okay. so I am actually familiar right. with going door to door and knocking and, and being like, I'm going to tell this person about what... Right. But from that experience personally, um, like I do know that you don't really know who's on the other side of the no, door. No, not at all. So are there, I, are there any... Like you're going there, obviously you're very passionate about yep. the issues, passionate about your message, but like what other... Like what, what's your... I guess what's your best and what's your least favorite experience? Like what's like the best experience and what's like the least favorite? Say experience? Say worst. Yeah. Say worst. Uh, I mean, we really want worst, but no. But I want I want some success <laughs> stories. Like I I want to hear the story of like someone who's like I wasn't even voting, but we, now I am. And now it's the green. You. I mean that like that happens all the time. Like uh, we doors open undecided and close green. Uh, nice. Double like green. All the, green, all the green. green for green. But, <laughs> you know, like we've had so many amazing experiences out on the mm. canvassing trail. Like just, you know, over the summer, uh, just one one that comes to mind. I was out with one of my volunteers who happened to be fluent in Italian. Okay. And we came to a house of a, an old Italian gentleman 
whose English was not so great. Okay. Right. And so my volunteer Robin then busted out his fluent Italian. Nice. And then we got invited into this man's house, and he just he like, fed you. Didn't oh he my feed god, you? yeah. And he, then he, he, he broke fed out the entire campaign. No, yeah, exactly. yeah. And then and then <laughs> took us out, showed us his garden. Yes. Took us on a tour of his house that he built himself. Of, of course. course he did. It was his um, house. And, you and, and also the year and what he used. Exactly. Oh, and he left showed with us jars of sauce. Yeah. yeah exactly. uh, no, we didn't get any jars of sauce, but we almost left with some of his wood carvings. He was like, he had all these wood carvings. So that was a that was an amazing moment. I can make these stereotypes. I'm married to an Italian. We've we've. I had an interesting experience with some Jehovah's Witness. I presume they were Jehovah's Witness because I I, I knocked on the door and asked them, you know, have you decided how you're going to vote this time around? And they said... We, we don't, don't, we, we don't yeah. believe in man-made governments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tra- traditionally, the Jehovah's Witnesses do not, do not vote. They don't yep. vote. No, yep. they don't. Oh. Yep. It's the, um, the interpretation of the, like, the mankind will, uh, and I, ca- I can't, I'm trying to remember the verse. It's like mankind will rule himself to his own damnation or something okay, like that. Right, yeah, it's, right. it's, which is so if it's not the Bible, we don't listen. Well, it's kind of thing. It's I mean, it's it's much darker than that. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, like the interpretation is basically, it doesn't matter because n- if man is ruling man, they're gonna screw it up. Right. Oh, that, wow. That's kind of the that that's the Jehovah's Witness. I want to ask you a thousand questions, but I don't want to get right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's super. He fascinating. answers questions he about, questions about his past. Can, can you ever imagine being the guest on your own podcast with me as a guest host? You're like, it's Lawrence Corber interviewing me on my own show. Yeah, you're like, what? Beautiful. But, but yeah. what's, what's the worst? Yeah, yeah what's we need the, worst? the worst. It was the Joe's uh, Witnesses. They said they wouldn't vote. Let me think here. <laughs> oh, they knocked um, on the same door. Yeah, exactly. You know, one of the one of the terrible things that happens often is that I'll be on one porch with two doors. I'll knock. Oh. The f- I'll <laughs> ring the ring the first doorbell and wait mm-hmm. and wait mm-hmm. and then decide no one's coming, and then I'll go ring the other doorbell and then the <laughs> first doorbell a- <laughs> answers and then the other one comes and then I'm standing in between the two of them and it be- ends up being a very awkward moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> they speak different languages, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> or or the other person is like looking at you like, what are you doing? Did you rang like, uh, did you yeah. you know one did of these kids yeah. and then ran away and. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that's that's been uh, that's been an interesting experience to deal with. I'm trying to think of what other what other we need like a juicy story. Mr. I'm, I'm trying. I want, to, I want that climate change denier. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh I, yeah. yeah. I yeah. I've <laughs> definitely he come across. Up. Yeah. So there was yeah. one guy that uh, we started with on the street, and I told him I'm from the Green Party, and and he was like, Yeah, good. I hate Trudeau. And uh, and so I, I was mean, like, amazing. Doors so open. so yeah. yeah, the door was open. <laughs> right. um, and I said, great. Well, you know, you should consider voting green. We're we're getting an amazing momentum in the riding, and mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. And then at, so then he came back to us after we had gone to a couple doors. He's like, hey, and flags me down. And then he and then he basically just launched into like. Ah, climate, ch- the, you know, the, the, the earth has been going through natural cycles of climate change for a long time. Oh, he, and, g- he gave you the George Carlin. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, he basically, like, went straight into, like, straight-out climate science denial. Yeah. Right. Um, but the other interesting experience has been in a, uh, being in debates with the People's Party, who are oh, also, wow, like, yeah. open climate science deniers. What, so, I mean, oh, okay, how, okay, okay yeah, I'm happy yeah, to talk yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. Gen- genuinely, because, so, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Like, I, I read this in passing. I read, I spend a lot of time on the internet, yeah. and I read a 
lot of headlines and first paragraphs of right. news articles and move on to the next That's one. That's all you need, really. I have attention yeah. deficit disorder. It's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so correct me if I'm wrong, but it was due to the fact that denying climate change is part of their platform, climate change can no longer be mentioned in political ads because you're not allowed to straight up contradict policy by yeah. Elections Canada ad laws. Yeah. Have you heard about this? this Come is again. No, 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 no. Say that again. So, so they have said climate change is not real, Kay. not just as an opinion or whatever, as but a, as, as a part platform. of the platform. Yeah. And due to Elections Canada's um, governance of advertising, yeah. you cannot, in a Canadian political ad, straight up say that another political party's um, platform is wrong. Right, but you can say climate change is real. No, but you can't because they made it a platform issue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so so you can't say, okay, so that's the okay, but that's the old advertising law that you can't like contradict platform. That's what they're all attack ads because you can't say like, hey, we're doing the X, Y, and Z, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's one that's of the strategic. There's, there's that's them. But, but, there's but various things, but I'm but saying, it's but, also but, absurd because there is sure. also facts and reality, right? Like you, you literally, you literally, <laughs> I mean, sure. Due, due to that, if you're like, into that kind of stuff, I mean, uh, like, you know, like, and I think it's, it's, a, it's a big, stuff. it's a big example of, I think, like, how messed up we are in 2019. No, 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 but I is think that no one, like, like you, you write a law when you start having TV and it never gets updated, like when you're talking about electoral reform and anything else, and when then people are bending the interpretation of the law yeah, exactly. into something advantageous, that's what it is. Yeah, no, but that's it. You, you've, you've ended up in a, in a point where literally... No party, Greens, Liberals, Conservatives, whatever, no party can literally say, hey, science says climate change is real. Yeah. You can't say that in an electoral ad yeah. because the People's Party has made yeah. climate change denial part of their platform. But they've, like, al they've also said that that would be sort of supporting, like, supporting the Green Party in a way yeah. because we're, that's, that's our issue, yeah. right? So th it's on sort of both ends of it that, yeah. uh, that they're saying that that's partisan. So, but yeah. So, so the yeah, they, they made climate change partisan. Like, it's right. crazy. No, but, yeah. no, but, even, but even things like, Keith and I are both huge wrestling fans. Okay. And, awesome. there, and, there's a and there's a character, I don't know if you're a big wrestling buff. I was back in the 80s. Ah, yeah. that's always yeah. the answer and I love it. Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair. Roddy Rowdy Piper, man. There yeah, you know. good Canadian boy. Yeah. Um, but there, there was a character who is like in real life a vegan and he, res he does all the environmental okay. things. Like his, his, uh, like Seriously, his gimmick, his character. They've got vegan professional wrestlers they now? Vegan like professional his, wrestlers his, now. Uh, like More his, than one. His does he wear a tie-dye? No. 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 He, wear, he, wear, he wears like green. His, 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 his like Titantron and music when he comes out is like the recycle symbol and okay. like he did, the yeah. earth yeah. champion. Yeah. 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 Um, right the, the, the championship belt is normally leather. Right. Uh, which he had a wooden. No way. He had a wooden. A naturally fallen redwood tree yeah, was the exactly. actual That's the quote. Yeah. But all this to that say. But his, his, and, and, and his real. We're talking about Daniel Bryan if you're. Of course. We're always, wait, wait, keep but like, I always have to go back and I'm just picturing him on a tag team with Greta. Like. Sorry, just One two punch for Mother Earth! Captain Planet is their manager <laughs> in the <laughs> background. Like, oh! This actual wrestler, though, as a retirement plan, wants wants to live on a sustainable farm. Okay. Like, that, that's his actual nice. retirement Beautiful. plan. He's yeah, like, I know yeah. it doesn't... Not everybody can do it, but he's like, yeah. I've, I've lived a life of means. He's like, I can actually retire to a right. like self-sustaining farm. Like nice. that, that's, his, that's his plan. And, and the, the, he... The thing about this is so interesting because now the climate conversation is seeping into Professional our entertainment and in every Incredible. aspect of our life because yeah. they made his – they for a long time, and he openly talked about they wouldn't let him talk about climate change yep. because it was too political. Yeah. Not right. because from the facts versus science. They literally right, said right. a company where 
Vince McMahon's wife is part of the small business, right. you know, <laughs> yeah, administration right. under Trump yeah, and all this kind of stuff. Like they wouldn't let him talk about climate <laughs> because it was too political. Yeah. And then when they did let him talk about it, they made him the villain. Right. They made, yeah, he yeah, came yeah, out there yeah. and he goes, I love the planet. And people booed him they, all over the oh world. People my went God. out and they, they made a okay. scene. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I wonder if, is that, are people going to start cheering him now that like the awareness of the climate issue is going Well, he up? just had a he, face He turn. just became a good guy again, so we don't oh, know how Oh, he did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 At the same time, he stopped talking about the environment, so oh. we don't have like, oh. this is the kind of thing. But is there like part of, are you hyper conscious of like the way that the, even the conversations framed in the media, in entertainment, in other aspects of life? You yeah. Know? I, uh, that was yeah. a long way of asking that question. Yeah, 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 absolutely. We just wanted a I wrestling mean, play. Yeah, I did, I, I did. Yeah. I had I, to. Well, and that was a... Great, uh, great segue there. But um, yeah, you know, the w particularly the way it's framed in the media, because I, I like I just keep coming back to this thing of like, how is it that we're in an existential threat where literally the collapse of human civilization might happen in the next generation? And right. this is not the headline every damn day. Yeah. Like th right. the, the analysis of the of the debates that just happened. Yeah. You know, they, they were again, it was all like tactical framing. They were talking about the horse race. Who had the best but zingers. Who had the best zingers. That was a more important question than yeah. who had the answer to the problem that is threatening all of our right, existence. Right, 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 yeah. right? Which, which to me is, I mean, again, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Noam Chomsky, so none of this uh, surprises me in Checks terms out, of like yeah. the, 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 the corporate media, right? <laughs> right, but, right, right. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I honestly don't know how these people sleep at night. Like, yeah. I don't know how you can do that kind of reporting and go home to your children yeah. and, and I'm, I'm tuck them into bed. I'm assuming a coal furnace, but maybe. Right, yeah. But that's also, I think, like a, a byproduct of, there, there's a lot of like, psychological studies where they're right. like we're, we're not our brains are not meant to absorb yeah. the as much information yeah. as, as fast and as, as, loud as, as and fast bright. and as yeah. like readily available it is there was there was a running uh, a running joke on the daily show for a long time where he would uh where no trevor noah would run through the the headlines and then like right at the end be like, and by the way, over half of Puerto Rico still doesn't have power. Right. right. And it was Detroit like, Detroit doesn't beautiful. have water. Beautiful. Detroit doesn't and, have and, water. And yeah. it was like, and it's yep. like months after they yep. stopped covering it in yeah, the news. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you're yeah. sort of like, you're like, I guess Puerto Rico's okay after that hurricane. You're like, right. no, no, yeah. it's not. Like, Absolutely. It's not okay. That's people like, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's just sort of like, the news cycle had just, you know, been like, moved on. Like, obviously, yes, yep. the hurricane, the hurricane hit, there was devastation, there was so and so. Like, Trump threw his, uh, his 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 paper towels. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, Jesus and then Christ. and then it kind of disappeared. But so he he had like this this bit, just like blah blah blah, blah. and more than half of Puerto Rico doesn't have power. Right. Like, and it's you're brilliant. like, and it was months after yeah. the hurricane, yeah. and it was like literally the only time I'm seeing it is like it's a joke, but it's not a joke. Yeah. You know, yeah. like like it, yeah. it's it's it, this is fact. Yeah. And and it's like it's very much the same thing about climate change. Like I mean, we're only uh, like a. By the time this airs, we'll be about two weeks out from the climate yep. march. Mm, but you're like, okay, we've moved on. Yeah. Like, you know, like We're going to air this before the election, right? We yes, yes, to yes, get, yes. Okay, yeah, we want to get some rub. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this this comes out on the 17th. Election oh, time is perfect. the 21st. Exactly. Well, maximum, maximum get out to vote. Uh, but, but yeah, that's it. Like, you, it's not front page news anymore. With no. front page news on Saturday. And what we were know, talking about. Gone on Sunday. Yeah. Gone by Sunday. What yeah. we were talking about earlier about that, that individualistic approach to addressing the cl climate problem, that was very much a media creation because the media didn't want to look at the oil industry, <laughs> right? right? And yeah. they didn't want to start asking, you know, 
heavy questions about of you know powerful institutions. Yeah. And and so instead, it's like you know, well, why are you using that plastic straw, right? Right. So, yeah. yeah. Um, well, that, no, I, I was which infuriates to, me. Yeah, I was yeah. listening to. There's a podcast called uh, 99% Invisible, okay. which is a uh, – it's largely a, de- a podcast about, like, design. Okay. And, but they, they, they use design to cover broader topics. Okay. And one of the things that they talk about was that corporations uh, – they, they, they talk about the, 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 the sad Native American ad. Okay. Uh, oh, with yes. the crying guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's it. But they were just sort of like – they're like, you remember as a child that there were three R's, which was reduce, reuse, recycle – but corporations basically told us that recycle was the important one. Right, exactly. You know, where yep. so it's like every can, they're like, make sure you recycle that can. But you're like, that can is only single use. Yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. it's like, and they, they changed the conversation yeah. to be like, recycling is the thing for the environment. It's and you're a like, marketing thing. Well, well, yeah, yeah. And, and you're like, and, it, and, not, and in no way am I saying don't recycle, but you're like, there's Keith Heisterman, recycle denier. Dude. You've heard it here <laughs> no. first. Yeah. But you know what I mean? But, but they were like, it got all the press because yep. that's the one that the corporations went. They were like, we can package things however we want because our packaging is recyclable. Right. And you're like, that's, you're like, how about reusable? And they're like, you're just hushing you with a shh. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Can I reuse that container? No, you can't. It's not made of sturdy plastic. Recycle it. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And it's like, the corporations sort of like define so much yeah. of what we're what we ultimately do well and it's this, the discussions around the tar sands it's it's very similar they're always like oh the job losses the job right, losses right, they right. don't ever mention that it's only 60,000 right yeah. and they also don't ever mention that it's it's you know those workers can be transitioned to, into other jobs but who really will be hurt the Koch brothers who yeah. are funding <laughs> most of the oil patch yeah, you know yeah, investments I mean, I mean, right when you, when you talk about transferring I think that's a big part of it because when you say only 60,000 people, yeah. a lot of families. Absolutely. Absolutely. Of families, but, right? but you know what, though? The, the, the whole thing is, the, the, and this is the other thing, is that they don't talk about what are the consequences if we don't act. True. Right? Like yeah. a lot of families also lost their homes in Fort McMurray when the, yeah. when yeah. the fires ripped through there, right? Sure. So, yeah. um, and a lot of families had their ho- homes flooded on the West Island this, uh, you know, this year. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but, you it, know. but it's true, though, but there does need to be a strategy. I was reading... Um, like talking about like what we were talking about a little bit earlier with the like the oil sands and stuff. Mm-hmm. There was someone did uh, like ran some of the numbers in uh, various like swing areas yep. where, where Trump won, and they were like and a lot of it had to do with like disenfranchised workers yeah, and stuff. Absolutely. So again, it you have to you have to hit the strategies right. Absolutely. Where, where it's just like they were like there was almost a one to one correlation. Yeah. Not. Not necessarily one to one, but there were a lot of correlations where you're like in this area, yep. due to various uh, environmental policies yep. that the corporations decided that they wouldn't fall into line with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, like the government, the American government would make X proclamation under the mm-hmm. Obama administration. The corporations decided, ah, it's too costly to do it. We're going to outsource it. We're going to shut down this company. Yeah. Cost American jobs, and then you immediately see that voter region switched yep. over. Right. You know, you know, so you're like, you're like that, and that's what I'm talking about when you talk about like a plan. Such, you know? This is such an important point. Yeah. And, I, and I don't like when I was talking about like transitioning 60,000 people off, right. I don't want to belittle, you know, the, the, sure. the no, situation no, no. that they're in. And I think one of the, uh, one of the, I, and it wasn't it, that the Obama administration made the wrong choice environmentally, right. it's that they didn't, I guess, correctly incentivize well, the company. To make sure that all those people had jobs, that's you know, it. like the so company was just like, "That's too expensive." Goodbye. Yep. 
And, <laughs> you know, and, they just like close it down. And if we don't get into Alberta and right. f- and with the, with the investments in green technology and renewable energy yeah. and replace those jobs even before we shut them down, <laughs> yeah, exactly. like offer new ones, right. we will see a backlash. Yeah. And and so, you know, Elizabeth May, it was a, about a month ago, did a press conference where she was talking about how our plan to transition off of fossil fuels is a plan where no one will be left behind. Right. Where we, were, we are going to target those areas of the country that are losing uh, jobs in the fossil fuel sector with the new investments. Right. Because, you know, France was a teachable lesson. The Gilets Jaunes movement that, that happened there, I mean, that was all over a carbon tax, right? Right. And, and which, in theory, should be something that people welcome. But yeah. the problem was uh, it was being imposed on the working class right after a bunch of tax cuts were given to the rich. And, during, and also during an economic stressful it, period exactly. where a lot of people can go two weeks without getting paid. Exactly. And yeah. so, like, that movement was, I think, a, a, a legitimate movement because sure. the, the plan that, that Macron came up with uh, to address uh, the, the climate emergency wasn't a plan that took care of people. Right. And, and if, you, if your plan doesn't take care of people, you're going to have that backlash. And, and you know, the example with, with Trump and the Rust Belt, I mean, yeah. neoliberalism abandoned those people. You yeah. know, the, they, they, they moved all those factories down to Mexico yeah. and were just like, oh, too bad. Yeah, exactly. And, right. and, and then, well, guess what? You've got a lot of dissatisfied people that are just ripe for a demagogue to come along and Damn. start, uh, you know, pointing well, fingers that's because, at... Because at all you're, you're, gonna, you're just going to... I, I, I don't want to be, belittle them or whatever, but it was, there, was a, there was an article that, that called them. They were like, um, the, Ameri- like the American like, lower working class or whatever. Well, Not necessarily the un- unemployed, but it was like... Hillary like, like, Clinton referred to them as the deplorables. Right. Right. But it was just like, but it it, it, <laughs> it, it likened it likened them to uh, they were just sort of like they're the homely girl who would dance with the first guy that asked them, and it was just sort of like, and that was Donald Trump. Donald Trump was like, hey you, I'm listening yep. to you, and they were like, no one's ever said that before. Yeah. Here and, we go. And <laughs> many of those people though, they're. Their first choice was actually Bernie, right? <laughs> and, for sure. and then they ended up turning to to, to Trump because they weren't going to vote for another. Pay, Hillary Clinton. didn't pay attention to well, them, and yeah. it was Bill Clinton that sent all the factories to Mexico. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's I think you know, and we we're, Keith mentioned it a minute ago. He's talking about strategy. Yeah. yeah, he's talking about the positioning, the framing, the way to do that, and you know, with the ever changing media cycle, you really have to maximize, you know. Interviews, uh, hopefully our podcast, like just <laughs> different yeah. things, like <laughs> yeah, for sure. you know what I mean. So when you have something like a TV debate, like what you did today, yeah, or yeah. things like that, how do you prepare? How do you make hmm. sure that you maximize that time when you know you're going up against a conservative guy, a climate yeah. denier? I mean, like we, we, we saw so the debates on what are they month? Like uh, again, days I'm, ago, yeah. I'm trying to think of like it's, this is this is Thursday, the 17th, so a week. It's ago. really not that far removed though the English yeah. debates. No, no, yeah. but but that's it. But like, did the, you watch the French debates? I did not. I'm I sorry. did. I did too. But the um, but the opening question uh, to Andrew Shear, he literally ignored it, yep. and then did like oh and yeah, then, and then yeah. just du- like dug dipsy doodled. Yeah, but, you know, but it wasn't even a dipsy doodle. He was like, whatever. I ignored this question, and then he just immediately attacked Trudeau. And I'm like, yep. again, however you wanna. And wasn't it great? Rosemary Barton at the end was like. 
Well, you didn't answer the question, but we're going to move on now. She started calling them out on it. It was yeah, like, it was she, just there, there was a certain point of apathy that broke through into anger. Yeah, yeah and she, exactly. And, she, and then she just started being like, you didn't answer. You have to shut up. Yes, you exactly, have to talk. Exactly. She was the one. Like, everyone else was like, hi, I'm from Global News, and I'm here to have a good time. And she's like, I'm sick of your shit. Yes, you know, talk. Exactly, you shut the fuck exactly. up. I asked you about abortion. Uh, Don't change the subject. Right. Like, it was beautiful. It was nice. I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess... I don't know. Is it is it as so grim on the in on the, terms on the of my prep? Because I've done like a lot of debates now. We've had oh god, like about five or six debates, like in the riding, and then I've done. Two, I guess it's good that you're also television. a teacher, so you are a little bit comfortable. Yeah, it, it helps kind of, yeah. being comfortable public speaking. And I guess for the first debate, I you know I planned out some things and just timed myself saying them just to make sure that I wasn't going to cool. go over. Like, I don't, I didn't want to be, you know, hitting the clock. Mm-hmm. But, you know, since that first one, I, I've really just been, uh, been winging it. And, yeah. uh, I mean, beforehand, I, I think of some points and if they tell us topics, I'm, I'm thinking about them beforehand. But generally, I, I, I actually find that I'm better when I'm spontaneous. Okay. Uh, yeah, if I prepare too much, like my first debate where I did prepare, I was a little bit stiff. Okay. And yeah. so, but it was sort of necessary to be stiff to work out the timing issue. But after I had that down, I was just ready. Let's flow. So have, you, have, cool. you, have you squared off uh, against a member of the People's Party? Or oh, like yeah. Multiple and, and times. Like, multiple how you, times. How do you not, uh, like, erupt into violent rage? <laughs> That's my... <laughs> Well, you know... <laughs> okay, time out before yeah. you answer. The man is a goddamn high school teacher. Yeah. This, yeah. Is, this man has like, the patience of exactly. ten saints. Yes. Are you kidding that me is, right now? That is very you true. You think the People's Party of Canada is going to throw yeah. him off this game, baby? Well, you I'll, don't I'll, have I'll anything just, on a 15-year-old jerk. Uh, but yeah. I'll just say that many, most Xander. of the, the 15 and 16-year-olds I teach have a higher level of intelligence oh, than some of those guys I'm debating in the People's Party. But, yeah, you know, I... Um, to be honest, I, I kind of ignored them because they need to be ignored. Yeah, wow, they are, they yeah. are such a fringe party. I mean, I would maybe show, I would do some visible eye rolls as they're over there, uh, <laughs> uh, d- you know, denying climate science and, uh, you know, talking about ha- how trickle-down economics actually works. Yeah, okay. <laughs> wow. It's like sure. almost as preposterous as the climate science part. <laughs> right. um, but, well, the rich uh, guys are going to get all the money and they're going to help everyone. Right, they're going to help us. Right, it's that's yeah. it. Exactly. Sure. Um, and the problem is not the rich. It's it's the brown people that are trying to yes. get into our country, oh, right? Like That's, that's it's the problem. So Those scary, scary uh, people trying to build Masks, you know? Uh, yeah. All right. Before we descend into, uh, I think, the full full quagmire of the, some people. But I want to. We're going to get five questions. Oh, fine. All right. right. Thank so you for keeping us on track. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So I get, uh, explain this to you a little bit at the yep. before we start recording. So we asked the same uh, three questions to all of our guests. Kay. The fourth question is from our previous guest. Okay. Who is uh, one of Lawrence's, um, I guess, partners in crime, which came who? from Chris Dito. Oh, yeah, I know and him. A, 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 an associate <laughs> in crime? Yeah, one of my uh, my co-producers, him and I produce a show. I'm going to plug myself. Dude, Healthy it. Living in Comedy, as seen in uh, Just for Laughs. Yeah. Please check us out wherever we show up. And, and you're also vaguely involved in the word fight. You have a, you're going up oh against yeah. a mystery uh, report. Well, this is going to come out after October 13th, right? That's true. But what happens is I'm... I'm uh, Which what happens is I'm, I... I'm, I'm, I'm roast battling a mystery opponent on October 13th. I expect to win. And then in the future rounds, please support the word fight at Cafe Cleopatra going the entire month of October and November. <laughs> and support local comedy for every reason. Thank is, there, you. Is, there, is there a short list? Do you have like a list of people uh, who you might be facing? I mean, yeah. Robert? <laughs> and, uh, Robert Green? 
Green if he's free. Go. I'll take him. Let's go. I'll take him, <laughs> buddy. Montreal Roast Battle. It's coming up. That's a word right fight. On. Come see us. Yep. Uh, okay. So question number one, and I mean, I feel that we may have telegraphed uh, the answer. Uh, how does the world end? So I guess that is a caveat. Um, it has the caveat as to, um, um, like, and is the answer different if there's a green government? Aha, yes, of course. <laughs> nice pivot. Nice yeah, pivot. No. Nice pivot. Well, the world ends relatively soon, oh. unless. Oh, it's <laughs> dark. It's a dark answer. <laughs> um, yeah, unless we can actually learn to respect the science and develop a plan that is based on that science. Mm. And if we don't, we are in deep, deep trouble. Okay. Oh. And if and if there is, um, let's 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 do that the hypothetical. If we do end up with a green government, mm -hmm. uh, let, let's say even we end up with a green government globally. Yep. Every member of the G8 country. How does the world end then? Do we live forever? Or I, well, we we, we 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 have a long run until I think we <laughs> uh, then it's the asteroid. Uh -huh. I think that's it. We're waiting for some some kind of more cosmic event to come. So and, vote uh, a green government for a, an interplanetary defense system. That's right. That's you it. know it. That's it. Like. <laughs> that tickles my sci-fi spot. Yeah, I like it very much. Vote a green much. government <laughs> for yes, the restoration of the planet. First to a planetary, level. then interplanetary. Then interplanetary. We're going to set right. up a network of lasers. That's this this is, <laughs> I feel like this is the pre. Prequel, prequel of Star Trek, like yes. before, like everyone else. We, exactly. we need the lasers for our children. For our children, right. that's right. But I mean, but, that, but that's what happened with Star Trek, right? Like, like Star Trek is the very rare example of the interracial that, that kissing. Earth, that yes, but that that Earth managed to obtain a utopian state. Yeah, yeah. and then we went like well. Depending on how, which Star Trek verse or whatever. And Is all this that the stuff. second question? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. It's, we figured out interplanetary uh, travel and whatnot, and then, and then a, a, a master utopian government. And so... I think that a vote for a Green Party is also a vote for Star Trek. He's going to go back to the Green Party. absolutely is. He's going to go back to the Green Party and be like, these fucking nerds talk wrestling and Star <laughs> exactly, Trek. Exactly, exactly, I wanted man. to talk about the environment. I just want to say the millennial vote is nailed. Yes. <laughs> yes. We're doing it for the people. Facts. Facts. Uh, so anyway, yeah, that's it. A vote for the Green Party is a vote for an interplanetary exploration. Yeah. I heard it here first. Beautiful, I guess. beautiful. Because we can't, we can't go to the stars if we don't have our planet in check. Right. I well, that's why they keep trying to get us to go I explore Mars or some shit. I think that might have to be the pull quote when I share this podcast <laughs> yeah. on our Facebook yeah, page. Yeah, please. Like, that's a, we won't even that's make it to one. the stars. Yeah. Um, question number two, uh, which is also kind of interesting because you did talk about climate anxiety. Um, what do you do to cheer yourself up? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, this campaign has been uh, amazing for my mental well-being. Uh, but, you know, I, I do have to say also my job as a teacher is uh, it, it really, you know, working with young people is um, it's a job that I often say is one where the non-monetary rewards <laughs> of the job are mm -hmm. unmatched in any other profession. That's awesome. Uh, we don't get paid that much, but, uh, you know, at the end of the year, I will pass my yearbook out to my students and mm -hmm. say, write something in there. And then I'll usually find myself, you know, weeping on the yeah. couch, uh, you know, after because like 
in June, we are so burned out and so ready to weep at, mm. a, at the drop of, yeah. of a dime. So, um, yeah, it's the, the, the first one I read, and I'm just gushing. That was my, um, my childhood aspiration was to always become a teacher. And wow. I, I did a stint when I was in university and okay. college as a substitute teacher. Okay. Because I had my... Uh, not my quite the same. No, not, <laughs> not quite the same. But at the same time, I did once, um, there was a teacher who went out on an extended sick leave. Okay. So I did have my own class for a nice. stretch of about three months. Yeah. So nice. I did get a taste okay. of my own... Like, all of a sudden, like, it was her lesson plans right, that right. I inherited, but it was you still... You got an appetizer in, of teachers. Instead of that yeah. weird substitute teacher, you're like, you're babysitting for a right, day. Yeah, it was yeah. a, like, no, you need to teach these kids. Nice. This is your classroom for th- a three-month stretch. Nice. Did so you I, have fun? I did. I had a stretch. What ultimately turned me off of it was um, the parents. So <laughs> there was a whole round of parent-teacher interviews and stuff, and I was okay. like... And that was the thing that I mentally couldn't get over. Yeah. I was like, I'm like, I can get over shitty kids. I Getting over shitty parents and more power to you, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> like for for but I was like mentally I was like I don't know if I could withstand parents. Yeah. Like like who were not in for the long haul. Like kids are gonna yeah. kids are gonna flip up. I was oh, I was man. always like a good student. Yeah. Uh but I was a brat. Like I right, was right, like, right. my results were always good, but I was I was always kind yeah, of in yeah, and out yeah. of like a little bit of trouble. Oh, I've taught <laughs> lots like you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's it. And I mean, and that's always what spoke to me as a, even, even as a substitute educator. Yeah. I'm like, I was like, those are the kids for sure that you I, need well, to get to the most. Yeah. But yeah, the parents I couldn't necessarily get yeah, into. For me, it's the school board bureaucracy. Anything to do with like and school yeah. boards, ministries of education, that is the worst part of my yeah. job. Any, any time. And like, yeah, as a function of that too, where you're like, oh, uh, I worked at a school where, uh, as a, especially at the time, this was early early 2000s, um, like, it was really on that bubble of there was a lot of older teachers. Right. Uh, which, has, as I know, I know in the last 20 years has kind of yep. started to shift to be a mix. Yep. So it was like, there was myself and one other teacher who were under right. like 35. <laughs> like, and, and like, that was like the max. Good like, times in the staff room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's it. And he, w- and he was there as a full-time. Hear me out. Yeah. Robert Green, uh-huh. Minister of Education. Oh, hey, oh we're looking into the future. Yeah, yep. but that's it. But, but that's provincial jurisdiction. Oh, so. um, <laughs> why you gotta uh, trying there to help it, there's you? No, there's no federal education. Like, nope, like, nope. Damn it! Sorry, I'm <laughs> sorry. sorry. That, but maybe we'll, maybe the Green Party will start one. Oh, no. <laughs> oh yeah, Quebec is gonna have a field day with oh, that. Oh yeah, no doubt. Actually, shit. I take that back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> federal Minister of of education. No, 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 Slash no, no, no. interplanetary. Uh, yeah. Defense. <laughs> interplanetary defense league. I like yeah. that one better. There we go. Uh, so, yeah, cool. like, just to, to put a little bow on, on the education okay. thing, I think it's, a, like, a shame that you guys, as just outside of politics, whatever, as teachers, don't get the proper, like, recognition financial support. Yeah. Because I was like, if there's, and I, I don't know, I don't think anybody who's ever kind of, this is, sounds really shitty. I don't think there's anybody who's done anything with their life who can't necessarily like name the one or two teachers that inspire them. Yeah. Like okay. you'll you'll remember those one or two teachers who like put you on the path that yeah. you went more than any like boss or whatever. Like yeah. those teachers in those formative years, like just you know what I mean? Like it, I, it's so weird that the respect isn't there because you're like it's so important. I actually experienced that today while I was canvassing. We just finished on a door, and then behind me, I just heard Mr. Green, <laughs> and two of my former students came running down the street. They're <laughs> like, "Amazing, you're running!" There was a really nice moment. Yeah. 
Um, so this question three is a question that uh, we've been messing around with because we're trying to get to the, the right way get. to not be the, the worst with it. Um, where I've kind of landed is tell us about the, the first time you lied to your parents to get away with something. The first could be innocent. Time could be. I lied to my parents to get away. Does that include stealing from your parents? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like so I, uh, either either a fib to get out so of trouble, or or maybe maybe nicking some money. We're, or we're going back to the 1980s. Okay. Yes. Uh, back to the time when video games were something that you played in the corner store right. on a stand-up arcade thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I became. I think this was also my first addiction ever. Oh. <laughs> to the point that. Yes, I I frequently raided the uh, the the, like the jar, coin jar of coins like, yeah, that yeah. my dad <laughs> kept up in the in the Aww. in the corner, and and to the point that he actually noticed, right? Wow. Like there was a lot of quarters in there, and I took so bold, many of them that he actually like, noticed. Wow. Hey, but what yeah. was your game though? What was yeah. what was the game that addicted uh, you? Oh, what taste what to was it back. then? Um, I think there's, there's like there Space was Invaders, the, Galaga. I, uh, Hyper Olympics. Oh, yes. There was, there was one called Hyper Olympics. Galaga was good, and Gyrus. Do you remember? G- Gyrus, Gyrus was like Galaga, but it was sort of like uh, the, yeah. the ship goes around in a circle. Okay. okay. And, and the they little, all the come Rindy around in the middle. You had to actually like balance yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, exactly. Fuck. Exactly. Mm. That's yeah. You should, again, you should next time you see John, John, John has those stories too. Okay. Where, where he, I was like, I forget exactly which game. It might, might be. Who's this John? John is the, the, the host of the other the Geek Podcast that I do. Who also runs and one analytics of my volunteers. for, uh, oh. for Robert Greene. Oh. Yeah, yeah. oh, you have a hookup. I see how this yeah, 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 okay. that's it. Before we started, I was like, I'd really like to have a, a candidate on. And before I was like, just started, you know, uh, like Googling, cold, cold, cold calling people. I was like, wait a second. John is working as a volunteer for the Green Party. Would uh, Robert like to be on the show? How we got here. Uh, but yeah, no, in, I think it might have been Altered Beast. I might Kay. be mistaken. But he's like, he's like, oh yeah, I could beat that game on like a single quarter. I'm like, how much money did it take you to get to the point where right. you could <laughs> spend it on a single quarter? He's like, well over a hundred dollars. Yeah, ten, ten grand to <laughs> yeah, get to the one quarter. It was like yeah. hundred nineteen nineties dollars, which is like, <laughs> like three hundred. After inflation, yeah, yeah it's exactly, quite expensive. That's yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I always remember the stealing stealing coins thing. My dad used to roll coins, and my dad's right. a listener, so I'm sorry, Dad. Um, <laughs> I would occasionally steal the rolls, like, and because they were that was a bigger sum. He would keep it in a shoebox, and I would occasionally like go in and nick the rolls. But what got crazy though was when there were toonies, because uh. if you you're like you have this big shoebox full of rolled coins. If you nicked the toonie roll, that was fifty dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah 50 no bucks. I was like, and, I, and I'd be Cha-ching. like, <laughs> but exactly. But I'm like, and in my mind now, I'm like. That's actually stealing money. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's not, not, not like stealing of quarters, pennies, whatever. Yeah. I'm just sort of hey, like. Hey, it was the 80s. Those quarters were worth a right, lot. That's right. I was just like, hee hee, $50. And I would keep the, he used the little plastic folding. Oh, those are the ones. worst. No, but but the thing is, but they also kind of worked as like a little wallet. Yeah. <laughs> but it gives, so me, it gives me PTSD of my cashier days where I had to roll but it. But I would, I would keep Ooh. that little fold and like, and go through it as my money. <laughs> because it was 50 bucks. That would last me a very long time. I was a starving student, though, so don't judge me too harshly. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dad. We have an official uh, apology to Mr. Heisterman yeah. for <laughs> proposed loss <laughs> of your, of your the, change. For the rolled, exactly. Started off with the rolled quarters. Yeah, sometime in the mid-2000s, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some, yeah, sometime in the early 2000s where you were like, hey, my shoebox full of rolled coins doesn't have as much cash as I thought it did. Um, Chris Vendito. Uh, wants to know. Oh, this yeah. is gonna be terrible. Uh-oh. I feel uh, it in my balls. <laughs> who? It's not that bad. 
Who is the most overrated superhero of all time? Oh, Batman. Batman? Oh, Batman's Batman. overrated. Oh, Batman's I was, overrated. Oh, I was going to vote for you. Uh, oh. No, come on. He's, he, <laughs> like, he's, he's, not, he's, a, he's working for a private capitalist. He's, oh. not, he's, not even, oh. he's not even a man of the people. Come on. He, but okay, but here's the counter argument. A, Poison Ivy was going to destroy the environment. He stopped her. Uh, so you have to like him just on those I grounds alone. And you I know, know I'm right that. because your eyes are wandering the room. <laughs> so let's get back to it. I will also okay. say, I'll, I'll, I'll concede it. that one You'll to concede you. that point. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he gives back. And he actually, in the comics canon, uses a trickle-down economy and actually hires janitors, people who are underprivileged, uh, and the people of Gotham. I'll also say, so, I'll also I don't know, but he would do a lot better if he would just redistribute the wealth of that <laughs> asshole he's working for. Fair enough. <laughs> I, will, I will also say, uh, not, and again, it's okay, Batman's a little overrated, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. Sorry, Reese. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> your Batman, your Batman, <laughs> Batman, Batman One of my buddies has a full Batman sleeve. <laughs> All right, okay, okay. Um, he also, when... They did comic books when he decided uh, when they were, when they in, when they inducted the No Man's Land storyline, yeah. which was the the, the storyline where the United States government realized that they could like actually lower their national crime rate by cordoning well, off by cordoning off Gotham City. Right, right, because they were like, it, we've tried for years to rid it of crime, and, and then they import all the crime for everyone else into Gotham and just like put a dome on it. They like they, blo- they blow the bridges <laughs> apart and they go then. Then Batman realized that that was not fair to the people who could not leave the city on their own oh, accord. Okay, okay. And then he actually abandoned the mantle of Batman, realizing that his role as Bruce Wayne, right. as a lobbyist, uh-huh. was more important. So that he like went to Washington as a lobbyist to be oh, like, this good is Lord. wrong. Yet another doing. problem with Batman. They're glorifying lobbyists, for God's yeah. sake. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. This green candidate won't budge. <laughs> but in this case, he was right. The people right. did need a lobbyist. Okay. Because the people who couldn't leave well, the... It's okay. Or do they need a revolution? I don't uh, know. That's a whole other thing. I mean, <laughs> but the thing is, is do you want your revolution led by the Joker? You know, <laughs> like that's, that's always that, okay. that's, that's the you got you got you got a point there. That's ethically complicated. <laughs> right, question. that is very complicated. Yeah, the movie's out. It's very confusing. Yeah. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I have been hearing good things uh, about it. Batman's a good answer though. Like I think Batman gets. Like, yeah, there's even, like, the stuff where you're like, why does he hang on the JLA? He's just yeah. the dude. Like, we know he's the world's greatest detective. We get it. But I'm like, there's, you're saying that he's smarter than alien intelligence and stuff? Eh. Yeah. You know? Yes, because it suits the story. <laughs> I know. Just enjoy it. Christ. You know what I mean? But it, it's only because it suits the story. Like, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. Be, except that he gets pumped. I feel like this is a 45-minute yeah. conversation, uh, but yeah, no. I get right. you. I get you back. <laughs> Tune in next week where Lawrence and Keith just yell about Batman. I mean, I would. If you want to have me back as a guest host, what I would yell done? about Bat- Batman. <laughs> um, Robert, what question would you like to ask our next guest? And also, just the, I guess the caveat is uh, the next guest will probably be recorded post-election. Okay. So well, that's, and that's fine. Yeah, but exactly. this, is, this is a it, – it is an environmentally themed question. Mm-hmm. I'm shocked. <laughs> and it, it also relates to a, a certain superhero in our oh. world. I'm Cap- interested. Captain Planet, I'm listening. <laughs> Greta Thunberg's future. Oh. Where is this little girl going? Is she going to be the Prime Minister of Sweden? Is she going to lead a global revolution? Are they going to imprison her at some point? Oh, right. Uh, where, what's going on? What's happening with Greta? Okay. I so, so, so you what have you to edit that down. So what do you see? <laughs> what do you see in Greta Thunberg's future? Yes, exactly. You see, Keith is good with the words. You know right. what I'm talking about? Yeah, you know? Well, they don't make you a podcaster for nothing. No, that's it. <laughs> so what do you see in Greta Thunberg's future? It's funny. Like, um, 
I, I, a lot of, I think there's, there is a bit of a, a I think, a, a, a narrow-minded backlash. But there yeah. is a bit of a, a Greta backlash. And, and part of it is legit. But there's a fucking well, everything yeah. backlash. The, yeah. the, thing, everything. the thing, though, is that, like, my, my opinion about her is I was like, you, not to say need, but, like, sometimes you do need a, like, and I don't want to diminish her in any way, you do need a mascot. Yep. Like, where I'm just right. saying, like, like, literally the same, no offense to you, but you're a middle-aged man. Exactly. If you stand up in front of the UN with all of the science in the world, yeah. It maybe gets a mention on page four. Exactly. If you are a crying teenage girl right. in front of the UN, right. it gets a different news and cycle. And I was like, and like I often say that, um, or I often remind people that the most, the vocal elements that you hear tend to be on very far ends of the spectrum. Yeah. You're either hearing about like the furthest left or the furthest right. And yeah. the reality is there's a lot of people in the, min- in yep, the middle. For sure. Right. And, 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 and I was like, and those people, there are some people who are undecided about climate change. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like there are some people who hear some of the science, but then hear some of their politicians. So like there are people down the middle and mm-hmm. maybe that imagery and seeing it from the eyes of someone who is really impacted by it yeah. could sway them. So I'm Absolutely. like, in, in that regards, I'm like, is she a bit of a mascot? Is she, has she been propped up by yeah. I think so. And uh, the <laughs> critique that I think is legit is that there are also other young people that have been speaking out, uh, you know, from indigenous communities, right. from right. the Pacific Islands that are literally, uh, you know, having to be evacuated. Yeah. And, you know, they have not gotten the, the uh, exactly, level of attention that Greta has. And, so. and, and like I said, I don't, I don't want to, d- to diminish any of those kids' yeah. works. But yeah. like I said, it, it's like there's a right place, right time. And like I said, I, I, I don't want to... I'm not trying to say this disparagingly, but there is like a mascot yeah, element. Yeah, absolutely. Right, but let's do some disparaging. It was like it was very dramatic, right? So it's easy for people to poke fun at things when they seem to be hyperbolic or they seem to be le- like her being the you've stolen my childhood and all that kind of right. stuff. It's so easy for people to kind of dismiss it because yeah. it's so intense. So if people right, don't, how feel, many- don't feel strongly about it, it's easy to go, oh, it's so dramatic and blah 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 blah, which is you know what I mean. So it's easy to kind of diminish that or push right. it or but put I it in the news cycle and let it wash over it. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't know, but like per- personally, I think that the people that care enough to speak out against her right. are probably... Assholes. But <laughs> no, but I'm saying, but they're, they're already, they're already well locked into that. They're already locked into that all the way on the other side. For sure, yeah. yeah. Like yes. that, that's what I'm saying. I was yeah. like, and, and I'm not going to say that they can't be swayed, but they're not the target of who could be swayed. No, exactly. Right. You know, like, exactly. Like, if, like if someone sees... Greta's speech and is like, you can be like, meh, I disagree. But if you're like, no, I would like to yell about this on the internet. No, yeah, right. You, you know, like, no, you're, you're in another camp. Yeah, but you I know, like, I if someone it. can take it or leave it, that's fine. If someone's yeah. like, I need to be vocal about this on the internet, <laughs> yeah. this child is infuriated. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're in another camp, and she, then she's 16. I'm angry. Like, and that's what I'm saying. It's like, I was like, th- I, like having having those mascots and having those like like almost a symbol. Yeah, is a, an effective means. To, to put a face on some of the Absolutely. issues. Absolutely. And like yep. I said, it happens to be Greta. Yep. Uh, it could have been one of countless other... It's Greta now. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 it could and, e- and that might be emblematic for a time, and it might be yeah. someone else in a, it could, a exactly. couple of years. Or it could change. Hopefully but it, it in said, the next 11 it, it years. It doesn't, doesn't diminish all yeah. of the, 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 the climate uh, activism that is happening by a lot of yep. youth. Yeah. But it, 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 there is, I think, a power of having a focal point. Yeah. You know, so it, it is something like a, a rallying point... And then from there, you can be like, oh, maybe this little girl has some sense. And then you can yep. 
do the research yourself. You know what Absolutely. I mean? It's like there is that blinking light kind of factor. Where she goes, I mean, I... Per that question isn't for you, though. It's for our next guest. No, but we do usually answer Ugh. it. I think... <laughs> now I have to talk policy crime. Personally, I mean, if I'm... And again, this is just, just straight, yep. straight conjecture. Uh, and we're going to tie the whole thing together because this is what we do. There was a picture <laughs> of David Suzuki um, with Greta at yep. the climate march. I could see that being a very like empowering role yeah. for her, where yeah. she could become like a a lifetime spokesperson. Because like the minute you say David Suzuki now, yeah. you are like you have a a wealth of implication and information Absolutely. that you have immediately. You just right. need to say his yeah. name and, and you get it. He and is it. sort of a national symbol in exactly, a way. Exactly. Right? Right. And also, and, and it doesn't get a lot of kind of airtime or coverage, but to a lesser extent, a, a global impact on the environmental and other people using the way that he presented nature yep. as a subject to make it interesting. And before there were nature channels that you could buy on cable and yep. before there was Absolutely. a lot of programming about it, he was the guy who was telling yeah. us this was important. Like yeah. in the 80s when, you know, you had the fro and the tie-dye, he said, this it. is what's That's important it. to me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. We, bit it, we put it full circle. Yeah, I know. We made I know. It full nice. I know nice. You nice. promised That's and we delivered. So all that to say, I think Greta would be do well as a kind of uh, a climate spokesperson a la David Suzuki. Nice. Okay. So, you know who's not an underrated superhero? Keith Heisterman, who yes. saved the day of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we did, we did, there we, we did, go. We you didn't want to talk about it. You try to go back in, yeah. you humble motherfucker. Yeah. We fixed it. Props where it's due. Um, Keith saved the day. So, this is Thursday, uh, <laughs> <laughs> October 17th. I feel like there's something on Monday that we should be doing. Indeed, there is. <laughs> yes, what's Monday? October twenty first. What's Monday? October twenty first. What should we be doing? You should be going to vote, mm -hmm. and not only that, ah. you should be bringing your young friends with you to oh. vote. Ah. Yeah. Uh, do not go alone. Bring a buddy with you. Cool. We need the youth vote up. Uh, of course. Fair enough. I have I have a legit question that I, I meant to ask earlier. Um, so there's a lot of people who obviously like like for instance, uh, if someone is in Lawrence riding. There's a lot of ridings where if you go onto was 338 or yep. whatever it yeah, is, yeah. you're looking at like 99% liberal, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. With a like less than one percent margin of errors, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. whatever. And you're yeah, like, yeah. Um, in those ridings, a lot of people are like, "Oh, my vote doesn't matter." But there is, yeah. from what I understand, some kind of a, a an incentive or, or a votes gathered. To even in those writings, there's a certain amount of votes where even if you if you're in one of those writings and you vote green, there is actually a reason to. Right? Yes. Okay. Right. So there, there's a, a, a couple things on that. Okay. First of all, if if any party that gets 10% of the vote mm -hmm. gets 60% of their election expenses refunded back to the riding okay. association. Perfect. So if you can help the greens get up to 10%, they are going to be in a better place the next election uh, to fight and win. Right. But I think more importantly than that is that every vote for the Green Party is putting pressure on whoever's in power to basically borrow our policies. Right. And, you know, from my perspective, I don't care who gets it done yeah. as long as it gets done. Right. Because, um, I mean, I think that if you're, like, to, to your point, if you're a responsible politician yeah. and you take a look at the writing that elected you, and you had a 10 to 15% green vote. Exactly. Even if it wasn't necessarily, you know, like obviously it wasn't enough to get the riding. Yep. But you have to understand that, you know. It's like what your constituents one, want. That's one, it, yeah. one, in, one in 10 of your, the people who you represent. Yep. Do have that as a have that as a thing. So like. Absolutely. I think it comes kind of, to your point, kind of goes to both. Exactly. Points to both elements. Yep. Right. Yep. For okay. Sure. So that, that's it. So it is not, that, that was the kind of where I was getting from. Like I think there's a lot of, um, 
uh, a lot of, I guess, like voter fatigue and stuff or, or something. Yeah, when you're sure. in those ridings where you're like, they've historically never voted any other way and they've yeah. been 99% locks for a particular party. Well, and the other thing I would say is that we are in a historically unprecedented moment right yeah. now. I mean, the, the number of young families that, whose doors I knock on that were in the climate march that were, are, like, freaking out about this issue. Yeah. Like, everything about this issue is a game changer. Mm -hmm. And so that can have, that can affect elections. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, there was a time in Europe where they thought, oh, Greens are, not, are never going to get elected, and now they are a pretty mainstream movement there. Mm -hmm. So uh, we need to make that happen here in Canada. Well, I mean, I think even, even just, if I, just judging from polls, and obviously there's plenty of time, and, and polls are only talking to like 1,000, 2,000 yeah. people, not, yeah. not all of that. Like, I remember as a kid, the Green Party was garnering like single digits, yeah. and now they're like, safely projected somewhere between 10 and 15 percent yeah uh, some polls have us in second place in quebec yeah 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 exactly that's it but it's like which is a big deal i don't think that's, that can be that's understated huge. that's yeah. like that's huge yeah especially I mean, considering how unpredictable quebec has been in <laughs> yes. federal yeah. elections yeah. like yeah. Yeah. that could be a big For deal sure. yeah exactly but but that's it but even in the short in the short span of like me paying attention to polls right there's four days Four days. <laughs> Look, started looking at it on Sunday. Uh, no, but that's it. But like, there, you've seen the growth of the Green Party from uh, a fringe environmentalist party yeah. to a legitimate like view towards leadership in the country. You know, what I, you know what I mean? Yep, like, it, it's sure. not just the environmental party. You're like, yep. it is the environmental party with an a complete platform yep. and a, a complete alternative. And if they were in power, there's there's plans and there's goals and there's like... And, you know, all the polls are talking about the fact that we're likely headed for a minority government. Yeah. And the best way to keep the liberals honest is yeah. to have the Greens holding the balance of power mm -hmm. and forcing them to up their game on the climate. Because if, if they don't, I mean... Their policies have been associated with four degrees of global warming. Yeah. Like, this is the end of human civilization. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, again, we would love to help them out with that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so all that to say, it's October, on October 21st. Yep. Get out, vote. Bring your friend. Bring your friend. Bring, your, bring the youth. Yep. Uh, I guess one way or the other, we need to laugh, Lawrence. What do you have to plug? Oh, boy. <laughs> Come see Word Fight. Uh, follow everything. Uh, follow me on all my social medias: mm -hmm. uh, Twitter, Instagram at Lully L U L L Y five one four. Yeah. Facebook dot com slash Lully Corber. Lully Corber. Should I start calling you Lully? Because I call Walter Wally. You could, or you the know. L Dog. That's what Walter calls me. L Dog. Uh, <laughs> thanks so much, Robert. This Thank was you. Super fun. It's, it was. It, uh, it's been a real pleasure, and I, I want to see you at the next climate march, man. Yeah. Yeah. These shoes and flat. No, I, don't know. I, don't know. I have no excuse, you guys. I'm Drink sorry. for the planet. <laughs> I was drinking for the planet. Thanks so much, Robert. Awesome. Thank you, guys. That Thank was a you. lot of fun. Take care. Thanks again for listening. Go plug yourself. As always, a big thank you to Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude for providing all of the original music for the show. We mentioned at the beginning of the show that we'd love for you to tell your friends about the show, and honestly, that's all you really need to do. But if you're feeling particularly generous, you can support the show financially and 9to5.cc in general by going to patreon.com slash 9to5cc. You can get early access to every episode of Go Plug Yourself and other perks too. 
Finally, if you or someone you know has a project they'd like to plug on the show, reach out to us and let us know. You can find us on Facebook by searching 9to5cc, and we're 9to5cc on Twitter also. If everything works out, you could be the next person to sit down with Walter and I and talk about horror movies or wrestling. And I mean, also the thing that you're trying to plug. 9to5.cc, podcasts, blogs, and comics, made in Montreal since 2011.